email is great for distributing other content, right? Or distributing your new YouTube content, which again, like if that worry was like, oh, I'm taking people off of YouTube. Well, now you have an email list and now you can bring people back to YouTube in the future when you have new content. In this episode, I'm talking to Anthony Ambrise. And among other things, we're going to be exploring how to grow your email list using YouTube. Are you ready for this? Let's get into the show. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, g'day, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. And July 2019, right now, this is YouTube month here on the show. And over the last few episodes, I've been bringing on interviews with experts in the world of YouTube from all around the world. So I'm excited to share today's episode with you as we dive deeper into YouTube. And in particular, we'll be exploring how to use YouTube to actually grow an email list. Now, for so many creators who are focused on growing their subscribers on YouTube, the often overlooked thing is how you can actually move those subscribers into your own platform, therefore into your email list, so that you can successfully build a viable business over a longer period of time. And for traditional businesses who are considering using YouTube, it's not about subscribers for them. What it should be about is about how they're going to move people to take action on their own websites, and therefore the power of building an email list from the content that they're creating and releasing on YouTube is super important. Now, I'm excited to bring Anthony Ambrise to talk with us today about doing exactly that. Now, Anthony is a YouTube certified growth and content strategist. He started on YouTube as a creator back in 2008, creating a successful web series where he was able to work with other top influencers and brands. And he's gonna share a bit more about that backstory with us as well. He later went on to build and manage multiple YouTube channels for influencers, entrepreneurs, and companies. And he's generated over a billion views and millions of dollars in sales for his clients using YouTube. He's also worked with such people and brands like Sonny Lenarduzzi, Lewis Howes, Neil Patel, Red Bull, Cricket Wireless, and Vivint Smart Home. And some of the strategies and tactics that Anthony's going to share with us in this episode today are seriously smart and you're going to want to listen and pay attention and probably take some notes as well. There's some ideas that Anthony's going to share with us that I had never really heard of before, and I'm super excited to bring these to you today. So make sure to keep listening, whether you're growing a brand on YouTube or you're growing a business off YouTube using the power of YouTube, then you're going to want to listen to this episode. So without further ado, let's just jump right into my interview with Anthony Ambrise from Video Creator Secrets. Anthony Ambrise, welcome to the show. Good to have you, man. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, awesome. So uh, in the intro, I kind of explained a little bit about where we're going to take this conversation today. But before we dive into it, I'd love for you to share a bit more about your background and your story and what led you into what you do in the world of YouTube today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it all started as a, as a high school kid, right? Like I was, I was that kid running around with a camera um, trying to make home movies or, or films <laughs> uh, that I thought I was, I was making some really cool movies. Um, and just doing that with my dad and my brothers. And then from there, when I, once I got into college, uh, I realized that, you know, I guess I could major in it and, and sort of delved into that whole creative side of, of, of video um, production. And so I did that for a while until I realized that I'm more of a marketer. <laughs> um, I like sharing information um, when I realized that you can get people to do something while watching a video, I just fell in love with that whole side of, of video. And, um, and so then I decided to be like, you know what, I'm a video marketer, which was probably a term that was never used during that time. Um, but, uh, but I saw the possibility of it. And, and so uh, early on in my career, when I went to job interviews and, and try to do that whole uh, 
career world, um, I realized that people were either placing me in the video de department or in the marketing department. And, and then I had to sort of convince them like, hey, you know, the, there's room for, for someone to be that liaison between these two departments. And, and so I often got to create my own position and, and sort of take things from there. Um, and then once I learned about YouTube, uh, then that was a whole other world, which, which then got me even more fascinated with, with um, how to market and how to use video to do that. Yeah, I love that. And I love that idea of, you know, the video department and the marketing department <laughs> and you were that intermediary between. And I feel that for so many in business today, that there's still that distinction, right? There's still that separation and it really shouldn't be the case. I mean, I, I feel that that's shifting for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think that for many traditional businesses, there's still that, you know, video is a, you know, a product that we create for a purpose and marketing, it, the, te the team sits over here and does their marketing stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. not that connection together. There's, there's always this internal struggle too of like uh, the marketers who want to like emphasize all the benefits and features and, and they don't care how it looks. <laughs> and then on the, on the video side, they just want it to look amazing and don't really care to uh, show off any of the features or sell anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know, that probably leads us into this world of YouTube, you know, because I think, you know, with your experience and background working with businesses and brands across YouTube, it, where do you see the, the, the businesses making the biggest mistake? Is it, is it that? Is there create, are they just creating video content that looks good uh, with, that doesn't align to business goals? Or what's the, what's the biggest failing you see in the way businesses approaching YouTube? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the biggest things that I often see when I'm looking at different YouTube channels is that they'll treat YouTube as a, a video hosting site. Um, they don't realize that it can be leveraged to, for brand awareness. It can be leveraged to get those leads, make those sales. They just sort of say like, Hey, we've, we've created a lot of video content or we spoke at some events. So let's just throw them all up in, in that YouTube channel we have, right? Like it'll, it'll do something there. Um, and so that's, that's what they treat it. Like, uh, I often call this the junk drawer, yeah. um, where you just sort of dump stuff in there that you think might work together. You'll, or you'll use it later on. Um, and then the other side of things is like, yeah, sometimes they make these amazing, uh, promotional videos and they put them up there and, and then they just, they just put them up there and, and hope that something happens. Um, but there's no real direct call to action. There's no, they're not even using the features that are available to them via YouTube to, to get people to go on to a, a landing page or another site um, for their product. And so I often see both those things happening. Um, and then on the, on the very, like, I would say like the other extreme spectrum that I sometimes see, which I think is sort of sad is where somebody tries it, it doesn't work. And then like, Oh yeah, YouTube doesn't work for us. That's it. Like you try to once, didn't work, they're done and they move on and, and they're just missing out on that opportunity. Yeah. And I think that what you're tapping into there is the idea of YouTube um, as, as being much more than just a video hosting platform. Like it is a social network. It is a search engine. It is a, you know, um, a, a content resource for, for people and that's the way people are using it. So can you expand on that a bit further around, you know, if that's what they're doing wrong? What should they be doing? How should businesses be approaching YouTube? Yeah, definitely. I mean, oftentimes businesses are still thinking about how to show up on the first page of Google where they don't realize that this younger generation coming up is like, they might not even be going straight to Google to find something. They might be going straight to YouTube to find answers to their problems. Um, and so like right there that, you know, YouTube is that search engine. It is owned by Google. Um, it's the, you know, second largest search engine in the world. And so like, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for people to, to put in the, the solution via video on YouTube and try to focus on ranking on YouTube. And, and, um, what tends to happen too, is like when you start to rank on YouTube, you can actually start to rank on Google as well. Like there's this nice side effect that happens. Um, and then on the other side of, the idea that sometimes some people say like, well, YouTube is just a search engine and that's it. And it's like, well, there is that social media element to it, 
where people do have conversations there and, and there is a community that you can build around your videos and around your channel. Um, and so YouTube has opened up the doors for, for that type of communication as well. And I feel like within your videos, that's like a great opportunity to then survey your, your audience, survey, survey the viewers, have a conversation with them because YouTube actually looks at that data within the comments to sort of look and see what is this video really about too? Like, is this video engaging? Um, are people having a good conversation here? Like, is this an indicator of what this video is about? Like how, how do we position it? Where do we move it? Um, how are people, you know, involved? And so uh, there's a lot of information that YouTube's using there, but then you as the, as the business owner or the, or the entrepreneur of the company, right? You could be looking at that, also to understand how do people like, what do people think about your message? What do they think about your product, about your services? Um, and people on YouTube will tell you <laughs> they don't hold back. Yeah. So I, I think that's really good to kind of identify that audience engagement, that customer engagement process of really using YouTube to its full potential of being able to open those conversations and, and, you know, answer those questions and get, and be asked those questions as a business. So, um, when businesses are approaching their content plan on YouTube, how, how do you help or help them understand the idea of using YouTube as a viable business tool that's going to lead to sales in a business? Because I think that's where a lot of people push back. They're like, well, if we invest in YouTube, we, yes, we might build an audience on YouTube, but how do we get that audience to become our customers and actually increase the bottom line of the business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing to, to take note, and I, and I think everyone should should know this, is that video is very powerful. Um, video tends to invoke a lot of emotion. Um, I mean, that's why, like, in a recession that, that occurs sometimes in the world and different countries, like um, entertainment, like music and, and films, like, they don't actually take a hit. People still go and, and enjoy those things because they want to escape the reality. Um, and, and this is more, I'm going very psychological and philosophical almost here, but, but the idea is like video is a very powerful tool to, to be using and, and invokes that emotion. And so when you're invoking emotion, like you're more, you're more likely to have that viewer turn into a customer, um, because people purchase via the emotions that they're feeling. Um, and then besides that too, like if you, as the, as the CEO or, or, you know, one of the the people person you have as a spokesperson on video or on camera, um, like people are starting to get to know that person, starting to get to know them. They're starting to like them and then they will trust them. And people make purchases when they know, like, and trust someone like they need all those three things to happen in order for them to be like, I'm willing to pull out my card or, or you know, open up my wallet and, and make that purchase and make that sale. Um, and so that's where, that's where, you know, using YouTube and using video um, tends to help out a lot, right? Besides like you know, your emotional parts, getting people to understand who you are, getting to like you, getting to trust you. But then the idea is that as you create each piece of content, it tends to have a long shelf life. You can have content from five years ago, um, still making you money today because people are finding it in search, people are, are interacting with it and then going off and doing what you've asked them to do if, if you ask them to do something, right? Um, and then at the same time, like it's, it is definitely building up your authority and it's building up your awareness. Like, because when you look at it, like if, if we're having this conversation about doing YouTube, about having video marketers in your company, that means there's a lot of people not doing this. And so if you're the first ones there, if you're the ones doing it, like you will stand out uh, and you will be first in line to, to make things happen. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And for businesses who are using YouTube uh, in order to drive action off YouTube to, to basically encourage uh, viewers when they are engaged and they do know, like, and trust you through your YouTube content, the goal is to kind of move them off YouTube and into some sort of purchase action, conversion action that's going to lead to a difference in their business. Now, I will mention here, and it's been mentioned in the last few episodes of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast as we've, as we've dived into the world of YouTube, that from a YouTube algorithm perspective, you don't want to be driving uh, traffic off YouTube with every video. However, 
we won't cross, we won't cover that ground again. I encourage people to listen to the rest of the episodes over this month. Um, but with that in mind, Anthony, I'd love to explore with you when you do move people off YouTube into some some owned property, your website. How how can we move them towards taking some sort of action that's going to make a difference for our business? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's I think it is interesting that you 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 touched on that. But for me, it's like it's like you know if they experienced the video, they they commented with it, they had fun, um, they'll come back. And so I'm not too worried about it, right? I I'd rather get that, that email. <laughs> um, and because then I could leverage that even longer, uh, than their single view. Right. Um, and, and the way I tend to do that is when, when I have people create, um, videos, I have them be very strategic in how they're creating their videos. I have, I have people use, you know, uh, some psychological cues where it's, it's doing small asks throughout the video, right? Like, um, a small ask could be like, you know, if, if, I touched on this topic and I said this and you agree with it, you know, hitting the like button lets me know that you agree. Or when I ask a simple question, they comment, I'm, I'm having them do small little things throughout the video until the big, you know, the big reveal or the big ask that I'm going to, I'm going to do the big call to action, which is, you know, Hey, I have, I have a checklist or I have a guide or I have, you know, this, this free course or training or whatever it is, right. That you can go get, um, and you know, and you, and you go to this link or you click on this, on this link here. Um, and so what tends to happen is that if somebody's enjoying the video and they're, and they're doing these small, simple things that you're asking them to do towards the end, when you ask them to leave and go and go submit their email, I mean, you won't tell them that they'll, they'll sort of get that once they get to the landing page. Um, you know, it's much easier for them to agree to do that and, and take action and do it. Plus that, that offer that you're giving that free opt-in offer that you're going to give someone, um, that should be very complimentary to what they watch too. So sometimes I, I create certain, um, offers like guides or checklists or trainings that are, that correspond to that video topic or what that video talked about. Um, so that way it's like a bonus. It's I often sometimes even address it as like, Hey, since you stayed till the end, I have a nice gift, uh, have a free gift for you. And this is this awesome free resource. You can get it here. Um, and so it's less threatening. It's less menacing. Um, and, and then, yeah, it's going to provide more value to them. And so from there, then they go to a landing page, uh, put in their email, and then they get, you know, what they wanted to get, right, which is that free training or guide or checklist. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And just to recap what I'm hearing you say there is your – through the way that you're using language and structuring content within your videos, you're encouraging that people um, actually take small actions on YouTube itself. So hitting that like button or that thumbs up under the under the YouTube video, hitting that subscribe, adding a comment or responding to a question in the comments of YouTube because what I'm hearing you say there is you're, you're basically training the viewer to take action while they're watching this video so that when you do get to the ask at the end, which is driving people towards some kind of a, a lead magnet or an opt-in in return for their email address off YouTube, then they're more likely to, to actually take that action. Is Am I, am I hearing you right? No, correct. Yeah. Cool. And, and, you, and you can see this principle, um, in play when you're watching a webinar or even like when you see someone on stage presenting um, and they're going to do a pitch at the end, um, they're usually having the audience react to things, right? Like either you, you the audience either claps or they hold up their cell phones or, or that, you know, they say, you know, sometimes I've seen people on the stage say like, look to your right, look to your left. Uh, you know, like some of these people here will succeed or, you know, there's all these like different little cues that are done. Um, and in a way it's, a, you know, it's, it is old school sales tactics, um, sometimes sort of a lost art. And, and I'm just adapting some of that into, you know, this new space known as YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, um, that idea of kind of, subtly coaching people to take action when you ask it's uh, it is somewhat 
maybe it could be felt manipulative, but it's not, right? <laughs> because it's in their best best interest. Because I think what's critical about what you're saying is the the ask at the end is providing more value to them to help them achieve something, you know. And I think that's critical. Yeah. Can you expand on, you know, what that ask should be? You mentioned things like checklists, guides, and linking it to the the content of the video itself, but can you expand on maybe some tips about how to how to decide what that ask is? Yeah, um, I often seen um, uh, checklists be very very uh, like those tend to be very high converting um, because again, like looking at the psychology of it, like a checklist is something very simple. Um, people can look at it and then just check something off, right? Like, and there's this idea of like it feels good to check something off. Um, <laughs> uh, little kids love that. And, and even though we're adults, um, like we still love that too. Like it feels good at the end of the day, if we had a to-do list, we cross things out, we checked it off. Um, and it's just very easy to follow, um, on the side of, of, you know, a business, it's something that's very easy to create and, and set up. Um, because all you're doing is, is sometimes you're just taking what you mentioned in the video. And sometimes like, so if the video, let's say had to do, um, almost to bring a case study in, in, into this, right? Like, like taking a, a video that that's talking about, um, I had a, I had a, a student that was about, uh, use epoxy, like to do uh, countertops and things of that nature. And so what he created was like in his videos, he was training people and showing how he did certain colors and designs for these countertops. And so then his offer, his offer at the end, was still a very instructional based offer, but it had a checklist of all the materials you would need and the steps that you would take. And so sometimes it's, it's sort of interesting because then you're thinking like, well, in the video, I just gave them this instructions and I showed a, a picture or I, or I held up all the different items. Um, isn't that it? Like I, I did the same thing. Why would I give them the same offer and a PDF now? Well, the idea here is that if somebody was going to take that training, right, and, and put it into action, they would have to open up YouTube browser that had clicked that player, watch it, push pause, go and do the thing that they were going to do, come back, hit play, and then be like, oh, I got to rewind. And, and that's just, there's a lot of work there, right? Yeah. Now, if they had a, a PDF, they could just have their phone, scroll up to the, that step, have it there, do the action go back, scroll to the next step, do the action, go back. And then they're just checking things off. Um, and so sometimes as you're not really creating anything really new, you're just changing the format um, and, and changing the format is very easy. And I mean, and you can see that happen like with, with books, right? Like some people buy books, some people will buy the audiobook. It's the same book. There's just, it's just a different format. Um, even back in the days when they did like, um, I think it's a think and grow rich, uh, you know, there's, there was the book, then there was the CDs. <laughs> uh, and then some people actually turn that into like a course so you can get like, like, uh, CD ROMs and DVDs. I'm sort of like dating myself here, <laughs> but like, you know, you can get that whole package, but what was always interesting is that you can pay different prices for each one. Um, and, and so that's how I sort of see it, right? Like you're just changing the format and, and, and so that's an easy way to create an, uh, an offer of sorts. Um, but then again, going back with the checklist, I think those tend to help a lot. But if you're also, if you also run a webinar, just having your webinar be that, you know, exclusive training that, that is a little longer. Um, because if somebody watched a video of you on YouTube, sometimes that video is only five minutes to 10 minutes. Um, and now you're going to give them an experience that's an hour long. Like, you know, that might be a very welcoming experience if you're about to share um, some stuff that's a little more in depth. Yeah. I think what's critical there is the idea of the, whatever that offer is, whatever that thing that you're having people opt in for needs to, needs to support the, the message within the core video. And, and I love that idea of it's really low hanging fruit, right? So many videos on YouTube, uh, for the purpose of business, are how to type videos. I mean, that's where YouTube really comes into its own because people need to be able to see, how to do something, right? Um, but how simple is it to take basically the steps that you just went through in your how-to video and put it into a, a checklist or a, you know, a recipe or a process kind of document so that people have that as a takeaway? And that's just a no-brainer for someone who wants to do that thing 
that you've just taught them, if they want to do it themselves, like they're going to opt in for that, you know, in an, in a heartbeat. And, uh, and then you've got them on your email list, right? Which is, which yeah. is critical. So let's talk about that. Like for, for business owners who are listening, who don't really understand the value there of actually getting that viewer to be, to then become part of your email subscribers, you know, how does that then equal, equal business? So, uh, so, so there's two approaches I, I look at it uh, as, right? Like email is, is great for distributing new other content, right? Or distributing your new YouTube content, which again, like if that worry was like, oh, I'm taking people off of YouTube. Well, now you have an email list and now you can bring people back to YouTube in the future when you have new content. So that solves that, that dilemma, right? <laughs> that, that, that is created sometimes from getting those emails. Well, now you're going to have an email list that you can send people to back to your content. But on the other side, on the business standpoint of how you make that, the turn those emails into money is the fact that now if, if you're an e-commerce store, now you can have that email list to then share with them new products, share with them um, what's coming out, doing campaigns, um, and you can do that directly on the other side. You can also be doing that, um, by using Facebook ads or using YouTube ads. Um, having that email list creates a much better audience for you to, to retarget, to remarket to. And, and it also ends up being a lot cheaper to, to do that because you're not actually spending all this time trying to find who the right person is. Facebook and YouTube have great things set up on their side to create these lookalike audiences, these similar to audiences, um, and so then you're able to then market to them and get your ads in front of them and then, you know, turn those, those sales on. And critical is your email list is owned, like it's owned by you. And I think it can't be underestimated, uh, particularly if you're using YouTube or any social platform for the purpose of, of building your, your business, your offline business. Um, you know, you, you can't rely on building audiences on those on those platforms. I mean, YouTube's been known to to delete subscribers, you know, um, and you, yeah. So the power of like owning that that list so that you can market to them in the way you want to is just really can't be underestimated. Yeah, definitely. And, and one thing that I always think about is uh, all that time and effort and money that was spent to get Facebook fans for Facebook business pages. And then, and then, and then uh, Facebook decided to be like, Hey, your organic reach on your Facebook page is gonna, is gonna be killed off. Disappear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and so make sure you pay us if you want to reach them. Like, you know, that that's, oh, that's, that's tough because there was lots of pages with millions of followers and, and whatnot and, and possibly millions of dollars put into gaining, gaining them in the first place. Um, and so if, those fans or followers weren't turned into customers somewhere along the line. You had no other way to reach them um, besides having to, to foot over that bill of, uh, you know, boost those posts, boost those posts, <laughs> pay to play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if those, if those businesses had been focusing on these kinds of strategies um, to, to move people to their email list, then they wouldn't have had to. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, the, the sooner you can start to implement some of these strategies, the better. Um, so just on, on that, when it comes to YouTube, like, would you recommend a business basically create a whole bunch of different lead magnets or opt-in offers that are relevant to just one video. So each video basically has its own offer or would it be better to kind of think about a more generic offer that a number of videos can all point towards? Yeah. So I, I usually use both strategies because there's sometimes videos that are very unique that you can create a, a great offer to. Um, but then sometimes like if, if you know your space very well and, and you've done this for a while, you start to realize like there's certain offers that will always convert and perform well. Um, and so then once that's the case, then you can just sort of keep it very general. Um, I often feel like a free training course or, you know, going into a webinar tends to, you know, almost fit everyone, um, depending on your, on your topics. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think still creating some individual ones. So when you want to test a new type of offer works really well. And, and that's what it always comes down to. Cause like, you know, at one point someone like, you know, it might be that everyone, 
that already went through your free training. It's just getting your free training, right? Like, um, and sure you already collected their emails, but maybe you want to create another opt-in because then you're creating another campaign. And so you want a different type of email list. Um, and then that's when we're starting to get sophisticated on that end of like segmenting the audience to be like, this is my audience from YouTube. And this is my audience from YouTube who like this type of video or like, or resonated with this type of content or this offer. And this is my other list. And so now, you know, you've, yeah, you've gotten, you gotten more into this advanced setup of, of now, like, let's, let's create campaigns for these type different segments, these different audiences and see how, how that performs. Yeah. You can get really, you can get complicated fast, but, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, starting just with the, with the simple approaches is, is a good way to, good way to approach it as well. Hey, I'd love to pick your brains just to get a little bit tactical here okay. um, about about that that link. So to get people off from a YouTube video, they need to click something, right, and move through. And obviously a link in yeah. the description is the most common way to do that. So if you've got any tips on, on how to implement that um, on YouTube to either encourage more people to click, to make it easy to find, should we be creating a trackable link there or... It, what, what would you say when it comes to actually using that link to a landing page or whatever it is um, in YouTube? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely always recommend having um, some sort of UTM parameter set around that link so you can really track it with Google Analytics and really see, um, really be able to track those conversions, right? And um, because that, then you'll also see like, okay, did I bring a lot of traffic to this landing page, this opt-in or this product page? And then everyone just dropped off. And, and because now you can start to read like, okay, I brought a ton of traffic to this page and not that many people opted in. Um, so this page needs to be optimized or I need, a, or I need to make my call to action a lot easier uh, for people to understand here or, or, you know, maybe there's some sort of disconnect. And I've often seen that too where, where like uh, I've driven ton of traffic to a site, but the site looks completely different from what their channel is like. There's not even the same spokesperson. It's like a whole nother colorway, and, and it's just like, oh yeah, like yeah. It, it seems like you sent them to some foreign place, right? Yeah. Like, and so you got to keep that branding consistent. Um, luckily, with with YouTube too, you you are given features like the end screens or the cards. Um, where you can create sort of indications within your video to say like, Hey, be sure you click up here or be, be sure you click, you know, over here. And then you can have that card, um, be clickable or that, uh, end screen element be clickable and send them straight to the, that, um, page that you have on your site. And you have to make sure that your site's associated, like all your, your, um, you know, landing pages or product pages are associated to your main site. Um, which will connect with your YouTube channel to be able to do that and have those on screen links. Um, another thing that I feel helps out a lot too is, is then to be able to um, like, besides making sure you're doing those indications, you can actually run um, a YouTube video on the back end uh, as like, like you're, you're going to make it into an ad, but then be able to have some call to actions displayed in there. Um, and so that's just taking the video and putting it through a campaign, but not really running ads through it. It'll still, um, open up some of those features to add some clickable links in there. Can you, can you um, clarify that for, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I followed there. So you're taking a video that yeah. you're running as an organic YouTube video yeah. and you're uploading so, it to the, to the ads platform. Yes. Yeah. So you can take an organic video, upload it into the ads platform, create it, create it into a campaign of sorts. And then just utilize the features that that campaign gives you without running money to it. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's and a little, so, little back end yeah. trick there. Uh, <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, you know, I always try to make sure that, that it, it could be something that I would then turn on and, and run to people. Um, but that's, that's also the great thing about the, the ad campaign on YouTube. It's like um, the way things are set up there is that you can always say like, Hey, send like retarget people or send my latest video to people who watched this last video. Um, and you can sort of run campaigns that way or send it to people who are just subscribed or send it to people who, who just liked or commented. Like there's little tiny nuances to, to how somebody engaged with your video. So then you can retarget or remarket them. 
with another video and, and you could even make it to where that other video is possibly an exclusive video that, that, you know, they'll be the only ones that see it. Um, that then has that opt-in, right? Like, it's like, Hey, I saw that you watched this great video about, um, you know, about YouTube, you know? And, and so like, um, notice, and I don't know if I'd get this direct, but I've always thought about it <laughs> to, to sort of like call people out and be like, Hey, notice that you watched my video, but you didn't subscribe because you could do that, yeah. <laughs> but you might be scaring people. Right. <laughs> um, but, but you could say like, Hey, I, like, you know, thank you for watching the video. You know what? I, I wanted to share this with you. Um, there's this cool guide or free course I, I did be sure to check it out because the thing is like, if they've already watched one of your videos, they'll recognize you in an ad again. Right. And, and so, so they'll be able to pop up in front of them. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this though, because I've just, um, I'm just thinking as you're saying this, um, which I love this <laughs> idea of retargeting or, um, basically re-engaging someone who's watched other of your videos through the ads platform. So running yeah. an ad to them because they've watched some of your videos, whether they've subscribed or not. Um, and I love this idea of having the offer, like the, the video that drives people off YouTube towards your offer, whatever it is, that of that video being the, the retargeted ad, because um, correct me if I'm wrong, but potentially that might get around the, uh, the yeah. algorithm impact of, of sending people off YouTube, because if, if they're going off YouTube as a result of clicking on a YouTube ad, I would imagine that that's not going to hit, hit you according to the no, algorithm. Yeah, You're not going to get negative kind of penalties no. <laughs> of this channels driving people off YouTube. Um, so you could effectively do that as a way to get around any of that negative impact. Is that right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and oftentimes, like I usually say this, like if you've, if you've been able to get your channel to organically perform well, and then you do have something that you can sell, um, then once you run a paid strategy behind that channel, like both work really well together because now you are getting viewers organically. These are people that are looking for answers and then you're remarketing to them or, you know, this offer. And so like you've, you've solved those problems, right? And then you're actually, you understand that audience or that viewer that, that watched your, your content because that's the answer they're looking for. And now you're giving them that opportunity to go and, and make that purchase. Um, and so it's, so they become very warm, if not hot leads, <laughs> um, really quickly. Nice. I love it. I think that's really valuable. So thanks for sharing that. Can, can we, um, unpack perhaps any, any case studies or any, uh, clients that you've worked with who have implemented some of these tactics we've been talking about here, um, and yeah. had success. You got any good case studies to share? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like, so one, one thing on the flip side too, on the paid strategy, right. As people, as you start serving ads to people, let's say you're not re remarketing your viewers, right. And you're doing a cold, somewhat warm audience. Um, like what tends to happen too is as sometimes people notice those ads, um, like usually your channel, like info is there at times, depending on what kind of ad you, you set up. If it's like a, like a discovery ad or, or like you know, not, not an in-stream, not one that interrupts you. Right. Um, but one, one that's found in search or one that's just shows up on the side, um, people then start to get curious and start to investigate the channel. And then if you have great quality content on the channel and the channel looks healthy where there's consistent content being uploaded to it, people will then subscribe, uh, will then subscribe to your channel or engage with your, your content there. Um, and so where I've seen this on a case study, this was a, a fitness, um, uh, instructor and she had a couple of programs. Um, and, and when we started working with her, she was about 20,000 subscribers out of the three years of her being on YouTube. Um, and so then we ran, uh, a very like search based organic strategy with her of like, here, here are things that people will be interested in, in your, in your demo and, and you know, who your audience is. And so I, I came up with a lot of that research for those titles and, and thumbnails and then within three to four months, she had gone up to like 60,000 subscribers. But then on the other side, since we were running ads, right, those ads were drawing in some of those subscribers, but then she was selling like crazy. Uh, and, and, um, I don't want to divulge too many numbers yeah, yeah. here because, because, you know, on, on that paid side, 
I, I wasn't too involved, um, but with, with who I worked with, like, you know, they handled that. Um, but their, but their leads were coming into about anywhere from 10 to $15 a lead for a program that was in the hundred dollars range. Um, and so those were, those were not just leads, but conversions as well. And so, um, that campaign did really well. Um, and then, and then there was that classic tale of like, you know, we're ready to bring this in house and it's like, all right, good luck. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I think after they brought it in house, the tragic story, to, the tragic into that story is, is, uh, they stopped doing YouTube for a while. <laughs> and just let it all get cold. Yeah. Uh, but I, I recently saw them come back and, and, uh, during that time they were on their way to hit a hundred thousand. Um, and that was about two years ago. Now they're at 80,000 subscribers. So, uh, it's glad to see them back though. Nice. <laughs> uh, but another, uh, on a good happy ending <laughs> story or case study, um, one way that I had, uh, one of my students leverage their, e their email addresses as they collected them, right. They, they started to create these offers, um, they did have an email list from the past that they used and sort of combined those two email lists, um, which by the time they did it all together, they had about 20,000 emails, right? Like from, from their customers and from what they had generated on YouTube. They then, um, I like to call this the live launch strategy. Um, I then had them go live on YouTube and, and sort of demonstrate what they do. And so this is the channel that does countertops. They're called uh, stone coat countertops. And so, what I told them to do is like create a live show, demonstrate what you do in your videos, but make it live, do it live. Um, Mike was very scared to do this, <laughs> um, but he, he was, he went for it. Uh, but not only that, when, when we did the email campaign, the way I told him to set it up was like, I want you to actually create an email or a video for each of these emails. So don't just send an email saying like, Hey, we're going to go live on our YouTube channel be sure to go there and subscribe to it. Um, I said, I said, create an actual invitational video so that it feels more personal. So the way this campaign works, it's four to five emails that you send out, uh, within, within a week time span. Um, so about like five days, seven days. And, and the first video is just to do the announcement that you're about to go live and, and about to do this fun training uh, on the channel. So the way they RSVP, is that they subscribe to the channel, right? Um, and so within the first, within those, when those emails get sent out, those four to five emails get sent out, um, like I think his channel ended up gaining anywhere from, I wanna say like five to 10,000 subscribers from just the email campaign, because some of these people were, were brand new audience that didn't know of his channel. Um, and then when he went live, um, he had about a thousand concurrent viewers just watching and then from those like thousand and like, of course it was other people that jumped in, jumped out. Cause I think it was a, almost like an hour to two hour long program <laughs> of him doing this live. And he ended up selling um, close to, I think it was like 10 to $12,000 in product from just that live stream. Mm -hmm. um, but then, but then as that live stream stayed public, they continued to bring in subscribers to continue to, bring increased tons of watch time views because people were engaged with it. Um, I, I had them be very strategic on how they did their live show and, and having someone be in the comments, having different camera angles, because it, it literally felt like it was a, a very QVC or shop at home network experience with this live demo. Um, but that audience net, that audience came from their, that email list they had built and then they stayed there, went off and purchased, came back, became subscribers and and then that cycle continued and in fact from there he recently did this same method again about a few weeks ago and uh and what's fun is he called me up and he's like hey i did it again he's like and we made we made money again uh and we and we sold like crazy our, our newest product that we had never mentioned before but this was the big release of it and and he's like, I just want to, you know, he just called to like, just be like, you know, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that's super fun to hear. Nice. Um, and so, the, and so that's again, like another way to bring that back around, right? Like collecting those emails doesn't mean that like, you know, people have abandoned your YouTube channel or not. You could bring, bring those people back to have another experience on YouTube, whether it be through a, a live show um, or, 
you know, just, you know, more of your new content that you're producing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. And um, obviously there's a lot of moving parts to that kind of live launch strategy that, you know, I think, you know, maybe potentially overwhelm people, but that's why they hire people like you to come and work with them, right? So um, just to just to wrap up here, because I think, you know, we've sure. shared a lot of value in in this episode. And what I really love is the way that you're interplaying between subscribers and, and getting and, and gaining subscribers on a channel and combining that with subscribers on a an email list as well and how they interplay together, which is just really smart stuff. So thanks for sharing that. But what would you say to, to businesses that you know, are loving what they're hearing here, but they're starting right. from zero? They haven't even got a YouTube channel yet. Is it is it too late to start or, you know, if you haven't even got any subscribers yet, whether it be on an email list or a YouTube channel, so starting from scratch, like, is it too hard to get started? What would you say to people? Um, I mean, I don't think it's difficult to get started. It's, it's difficult to be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> but but when you're starting, I think, I think businesses, this is where businesses have uh, an advantage over uh, – a regular creator that's just going to start a channel because businesses should already have an email list they can leverage. Um, and, or even if it's a, I would say, even if it's a brick and mortar, like you have, you know, traffic that comes into your store um, that you can always invite to join you on YouTube and, and, you know, and, and share with them like that opportunity. Um, you can always hold contests for people to come in and enjoy your content there. Um, you can even do something where you have user generated content. So if you know you have a fan base of people that love your product, love your services, um, have them create content for you in, in a way, right. And, and feature them. Um, there, there's, there's ways to take testimonials or customers experience, customer experiences and turn that into actual good content that could sell product or that could just tell a really nice and compelling story. Um, so I've had that experience of working with with companies and e-commerce stores that are selling things like screen protectors. Screen protectors aren't very sexy, but there's ways to tell great stories around it. And if you often think about like um, the world of advertising, um, for instance, like Old Spice and and those types of things, Old Spice is just deodorant. <laughs> not very not very fascinating, but they've managed to tell a story and create this character and all this stuff. And those are the same things that you can actually apply to a YouTube channel. But again, not to like, you know, think everyone has to go create viral content, right? I would say you can start again, use your fans, have them create content for you, or everyone has smartphones. You can take out your smartphone and start creating very simple content where you answer frequently asked questions um, or when you just share the experience that of stories that happen in the store or share the experiences of your own employees and, and, and show that company culture and brand that exists there. And that's where people start to care more about your business and your brand when you actually show the, that human element to it. And, and that's very easy to share on YouTube. Yeah, love it. And I imagine that it's never too soon to start considering how you can move people onto that email list like we've been talking about today as well. Even if you're starting from scratch with zero subscribers, start thinking strategically about how people are engaging with your content on YouTube, how are you going to move them off and onto your list, right? Right from the start. Yes, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Anthony and Breeze, it's been awesome to have you on the show. There's been a lot of value shared um, in this episode and um, I know I'll be listening back to this and taking a whole bunch of notes as well. So I appreciate you coming awesome. on. Where can people... Uh, learn more about you and, and follow what you've got going on and obviously uh, subscribe to your YouTube channel. So shout out some, some links for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, just go to straight to YouTube, type in video creator secrets. You'll probably see my face <laughs> uh, on those thumbnails and, and just subscribe to that channel. Um, that's where I'm sharing all the information that I've learned over the past 10 years of being in this video marketing space and just, uh, yeah, just sharing all the secrets behind the scenes um, and yeah, now I'm, I'm the one putting all the, my, the things that I've taught to, to a test and, and, and doing that myself. And when you watch those videos, you will get uh, some free gifts, like a awesome YouTube channel optimization checklist 
that you're free to download. Yeah, practicing what you preach, man. And I've, I was watching some of your videos before uh, we, we jumped on this call and you are practicing what you preach. Those those little micro um, actions that you're, ha- you're asking people to take as they're watching your videos, which is exactly what you talked about earlier, is, is all evident there. So I encourage people to head on over to Video Creator Secrets on YouTube and, and watch The Master in Action and learn from that. So, <laughs> Anthony, I appreciate you coming on the show. We'll have all the links in in the show notes page for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 102. Anthony, it's been awesome to have you. Thanks very much. Yeah, my pleasure. So good. Love that chat with Anthony. Anthony, if you're listening, thank you again for joining me on the show. And for you guys listening, I want to hear from you. What did you get out of this episode? What was the biggest takeaway for you or something that you'd heard from Anthony that you hadn't heard about before? Reach out to me anytime on Twitter or Instagram at engage underscore Ben and let's open the conversation. And if you have enjoyed today's show, as always, I would love a rating and a review for this show on Apple Podcasts. If you can head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes and leave a rating and a review, I will seriously appreciate that. Or if you're listening on the Apple Podcasts app, simply scroll down to the bottom and click that review button there and Again, I appreciate you for doing that. Taking those couple of minutes just to leave that review for me really supports this show and helps get this show in front of more people as well. So next week, I'm going to be joined by Dane Golden from Hey.com. Now, Dane has a lot of experience again in the world of YouTube as we wrap up this YouTube month here in July. And Dane has some really interesting research to share with us as well, specifically around what words to use within your opening and closing of your YouTube videos in order to maximize engagement and retention. So you're going to want to hit that subscribe button and join us next Tuesday as I bring you that interview with Dane Golden as well. So that's it from me for today. Thank you for listening to the show. As always, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. Thanks for listening. Did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business? If you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list, then now's the time to get started. Or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I want to introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back. And as an engaged video marketing podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally, you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash ConvertKit. Now, this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com slash convertkit.